Welcome to the Tree My Dog Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening. All right, welcome back to the Tree My Dog Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Jeff. How are y'all doing this week? Uh, Jeff, uh, how are you tonight? I'm good. I'm really tired, but I'm good. Yeah, we're recording this kind of late. It's been a rough weekend for both of us, I reckon. Uh, had a pretty good week in coon hunting for me, I guess. Probably a little better than you. Uh, oh. uh, boy treated several coons this week. Uh, treated himself a possum. Wound up snake bit. He'll be okay though. Um, how'd Crank do this week, Jeff? Uh, let's see. I know we hunted a couple nights. He's let's see. I don't remember him treating one. I think he treated yeah. Then uh, the last night I went was Thursday night, and he went out, got soloed by himself, about eight hundred. Got trees, stayed trees, went, got in there to them, and a big old circle tree. Yeah, it's a big old den, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's not a boy tree to possum, and uh, yeah, yeah, I ain't we, been back since. Me and you ended up split up, and because boy looked like he was going halfway across the country on a garment. <laughs> yeah, he was traveling that night. Uh, by the time we got in there to crank. Or me and the boys got in there to crank. I looked at my garment. I heard boy. I could hear boy, and he wasn't like four hundred yards from us. Yeah. Where you got where you got him from? Yeah, I had to drive half a mile around there to get him, though. Yeah, it was ridiculous. At least you didn't get at least you didn't get buried up. No, I did get stuck at one time. You had to come push me out, but uh, yeah, you had a you had Tyler trying to pull you out with the winch cable. It didn't work real well, did it? No, he he wasn't as strong as a tree. Well, uh, well, so yeah, boy got snake bit and I kind of let him lay up. Um, didn't get to go tonight, uh, Sunday night and, uh, I'm going to try to hit it hard this week. I'm going to try to get boy by himself in the woods some this week. I think it's about time for him to learn what to do it on his own. So that's what my plan is for the week. Uh, gonna try to hunt some it's gonna be hot it's gonna be hot yeah. guys bad hot out there like hundreds all week long here i don't know what it is for y'all but yeah. hydrate 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 keep you watered keep your dog watered uh if you ain't gotta go don't go <laughs> i'm not really pushing too many hunts right now yeah no, no. i want to but Last time I looked on UKC website, I think the closest one to us coming up was in August, and I think it's like a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour drive. Where, yeah. I don't know. It was Dover, I think, was the closest one coming up, I think. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, the closest one to us ain't going to be but till September, and it's going to start cooling off by then, yeah. so we can start pushing these dogs a little harder then. I'm not going to hunt much more than an hour a night, any night I go this week, so that's, that's what my plan is anyway. I noticed the last night we went to crank. I noticed, you know, over the weekend. You remember when we come back from English days, his eyes was all matted up and everything. Yeah. He's back to being like that. So, mm, got some stink weed or something down there. I ain't no telling. They was all around that cut over up there. So, there ain't no telling what they got into. So, I'm going to try to let him get cleared up because he don't hunt too well when he's all, and when he's up, matted up like that. All right. 
Well, boy's over his snake bite. He got bit up on the head by a copperhead. Um, swelling's all gone down, so he's ready to go back to the woods. He he got over it pretty quick. He's pretty resilient. So, um, well, that being said, let's go ahead and get into this interview, Jeff. We got a dang good one this week. Yes, we do. So, uh, y'all enjoy. Uh, it's going to be a long one this week, so uh, y'all stay tuned because school is in session. Yep. All right, Jeff, tonight on the podcast, we have a, a coon hunter and a fellow podcaster, Mr. Tyler Duncan. Tyler, how are you this evening? Uh, I'm doing good, buddy. I appreciate y'all having me on your podcast. Hey, it's definitely our pleasure. It's uh, oh, yeah. definitely an honor to have you on here. Let's uh, get into it and tell us just a little bit about yourself and where you're from and all that good stuff. Yeah, well, it's an honor of mine to be on y'all's, too. I, I really, I've been following what y'all are doing. I really enjoy it, and I appreciate what y'all are doing for the sport. But uh, Thank you. I'm Tyler Duncan, uh, 28 years old, living in Raleigh, Mississippi now, which is about central Mississippi. have a wife and young baby. Grew up in Tylertown, uh, not far from here, and pretty much, pretty much it as far as, you know, I work, work in the oil field and home 14, off 14. So, Man, that's, pretty that's, boring life. <laughs> How do you how do you do that being gone fourteen days away from your family and then and, and having to settle back in every time you come home or every time you go out having to settle back out on the road how does that how does that affect you a lot I don't I've been doing it so long I don't even think about it. a lot of people ask me that and I you know now I'm to the point you know I work for a great company a major oil company and I couldn't think of myself doing I don't see how people do a a five day a week job i really don't <laughs> it sucks you know I'm, yeah, it sucks. yeah i mean once i'm home i'm home 14 days right. if once i'm at work i i'm not i don't think i can get up and go to work every day you know once you're out there you got to go to work there ain't nothing else to do right, right. so you know i don't tell people because i tell people all the time so i don't say how you do your job I mean, i've never had a real job or a job <laughs> like that you know, i've always worked you know offshore or in the, you know something with a schedule right wow that's that'd be something for me to get i've always worked you know five six days a week straight i ain't yeah. never you know had that fancy shift where you get all them days off in a row but uh probably so. the closest i've been to it, i used to work for the arkansas department of corrections and our schedule out there was we worked two off two work three off two work two off three yeah, that boiled down to you work seven days in two weeks you know that would drive me nuts there not knowing whether you're coming or going uh, 14 on and 14 off i could probably get used to that um yeah and you know like some people like working the plants and stuff and they work that weird schedule where you get a week off at a time but it's like they have to swap from days to night in like two days you know that's crazy it's it's yeah it's but anyway we can get going i was just curious because i've I've never actually sat down and asked anybody that question but uh so um we're going to talk a little coon hunting first and then we'll get over into the podcasting side of things i'm interested to get some advice from you and pick your brain on that so mm-hmm. let's go ahead because <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. y'all y'all was a big thing oh, going yeah. there for a while and and i really loved y'all's oh, yeah. y'all show you and mr eddie put on there so so we're gonna go ahead and get this coon hunting out of the way and then we'll talk business when when and how did you get started in the coon hunting world well jeff i was thinking back and i Man, I think I started hunting. I was about 2007. I was 12 years old, and uh, I didn't really have any close family that hunted. My great grandpa hunted, and uh, he was still alive then, of course. And I had some uncles that hunted, and my cousins, <laughs> and they didn't hunt the way that we do. You know, they had a dog and barely got out of your sight. You know, yeah. kind of like old-fashioned dogs or whatever. Yeah. And we had a, you know, somebody bought my cousin and I 
they give us some dogs or whatever, and they wouldn't do nothing. I mean, just terrible. I mean, but I, I like being out there. I like going hunting. You know, we just go out there and ride our fours. You know, we had a bunch of places to go back then and everything on the river and real nice. And but, but we never treated any coon. You know, we weren't even coon hunting. I don't think you consider coon hunting then. But, uh, you know, we like to go. Right. <laughs> and my dad, so we just, we hunted with, you know, whatever. They weren't real dogs. I don't even remember their names. But uh, <laughs> my dad worked, <laughs> he worked for UPS. And uh, he was running his route or whatever. And he, he come across this guy named Mr. Walter Brown. And he saw that Mr. Walter had a had a coon dog in the back. And he uh, he said, man, he said, you got a coon dog? He said, yeah, that's old Rip. You know, I ain't hunted him in a while. But, boy, he, he treat coons. He's old old dog right so you know i don't hunt anymore and well my dad so my son he he loved going coon hunting he uh you know whatever told him yeah well, he said well you, you know give him that dog and he gave me the dog and the tracking system and i said boy that's something else that, yeah so, yeah <laughs> well and he said uh he told me he said no this dog will, he'll go you know he tree canes and he's he's nice and i said well I, i've heard that before you know <laughs> i won't ever forget <laughs> Me and my cousin, we were sitting there, and said, well, you want to turn Rip loose? Let's see what he'll do. And we put that tracking collar and didn't know how to use tracking collar. I had no idea. We just knew to pull the magnet up. We didn't know how to use the little tracker thing or nothing. You know, right. had to beat beat. Oh, yeah. We cut him. I won't ever forget. We cut him loose, and uh, and he just shot out of there like a rocket. And me and my cousin both looked at each other like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? We ain't never going to get this stuff. Well, that's the last time we'll ever see old Rip right there. <laughs> we're never getting him back, right? He just, he didn't want to be here, buddy. And it wasn't long. He struck and treed. And we said, man, wonder what he's treeing. Went down there and had a coon. I said, man, this is kind of fun. Cut him loose again. He went in there. We, you know, we knocked the coon out. Cut him loose again. Boy, he treed nothing. Man, we explained, oh, we got, we, you know, we had something then. And, uh, man, I, I, to this, I, I, you know, maybe it's just because it was the first one, but, you know, and he was an old dog, but, man, he, he could tree the fire of them coons and, and set down tree dogs. You know, he was a, Right. He's at a Law Creek Mule. He's either at a Law Creek Mule or Law Creek Jeff, whichever one was out of the other one. You know, they were out of each. One of them was out of the other one. Right. Just a, a pretty dog. I mean, just <laughs> he was something else. But I, you know, ended up hunting him or whatever. And uh, then uh, one night we uh we cut Rip loose and he went in there and uh, we never heard him bark or anything. And it had been a while we hadn't heard him. And the bad storm blew in and I had that beat beat and I was going to find him. Right. And I went to beat beeping, and when I did, I did a complete 360, and that thing beat the exact frame all the way around. I had no <laughs> idea how to use it. And when he turned up the next day, he was on my, one of my neighbor's porch over there. But, uh, yeah, I, I won't ever forget of, of us trying to figure that out. But, uh, uh, yeah, I remember first my, dog. Yeah, I remember my huh? first beep beep too, yeah. and it, it drove me nuts the first week I tried to figure it out too. I, I still don't know how to use one, to be <laughs> yeah. honest with you. Yeah. I, never, I bought one. We, first tracker that I ever bought was one I bought it used. I couldn't figure it out. Like, man, this thing's freaking broke, you know? So I ended up taking it back, and dude gave me my money back. I'm like, I don't know how to use this thing. I don't know if it works or not. And he's like, oh, I could show you. I said, eh, I think I'll just go buy a Garmin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I graduated to the Garmin. I thought I was in high cotton then, and I ain't looked back. So The Garmin, it's made hunting so much more enjoyable. I mean, right? Because even yeah. with the beat beats, man, like I didn't know how to use it. I'd be out till 3 o'clock in the morning trying to catch my dog. Right. You know? If I had one that left, like Rip, he'd, he'd actually leave and go hunting. <laughs> rest of them wouldn't but uh 
<laughs> so, and that was kind of, that was also his first dog I ever took to a competition hunt. And this is kind of why I tell people to, you know, I don't know, you know, look at how you treat people at competition hunts. Cause I don't ever forget, I brought him up there and had this guy sitting there and he, he just, he kind of made a smart remark about him being an old dog. He was 10 years old. I know he's, he's old and, right. you know, but I, I was a 12 year old kid. Yeah. Whatever, you know. And he just kept on and on. He's like, you got, you got a walker for that dog. You got a walker for him. You go, you go, you know. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm twelve. And I, I didn't have the money to buy no dog. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's all I had. Yeah. And uh, he'd have probably won that competition on if I hadn't treated him ten times while he was running. You know, he, he treated two <laughs> coons, I, but he, I treated him ten times. Uh, but. <laughs> And then, you know, kind of from there, it ripped. I, I tried to actually, I tried to, I had a fem- walk a female there. And old Riff had won some in PKC. Mr. Walter used to hunt PKC some. He had won some money. He never hunted me UKC. So I, I said, well, I'm going to try to breed him. And I had a little walk a female. And I tried to breed him, but he, he couldn't. He done got too old, you know, right. or whatever. Yeah. So there was this other young boy that was coming up. And so I give I give Rip to that boy. And, man, I remember they'd had him about a month. And his dad called me and said, man, he said, this is probably one of the best dogs I've ever been with. I said, yeah, I'm telling you, he'd treat him coons. You know, he'd treat coons. He wasn't, he wasn't what we're hunting today. Right. But I mean, yeah. he, he would, he would treat the fire out of coon. From there, I, I kind of, I'd met a guy that lived down the road from me about 10 miles. His name was Mr. David Spence. Some people listen to this remember his name because he, he was pretty, pretty big competition hunter at one time. Right. Around our area. Had the Prides, Tampson Trail Pride and the Pride Stylish Pride and they all were out of a Old South Stylish Rebel. Right. I started hunting with him. He, he's the one that really kind of, he really showed me, okay, this is how you're supposed to hunt. I didn't know how to hunt, you know, until until he kind of guided me and showed me everything and then I got a, a wipeout dog named Zebby. She was out of Zeb again and she was a night champion. She'd won a little in PKC. I won a little with her, but she, she wasn't, uh, she wasn't what you hear about these other wipeout dogs. I mean, she's big. She's probably 70 pounds, but that was kind of my next dog that I had and he, he he's the one that put me on her and she was a good dog just to just to hunt, you know, just to uh, whatever. She wasn't powerful or nothing like that. She was a good pleasure and, dog. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, 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 she liked to mess every now and then. She liked to mess a little bit more. But uh, she trip possum. But, yeah, I think all of them do that. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, so <laughs> I quit hunting again, right? This is, I was about 14 at this time because I couldn't drive yet. And uh, she got out of the pen. I was at school. She got out of the pen. And the guy that was ragging on Rip about being old, his son actually run her over. <laughs> he didn't mean to. It was not his fault. I mean, you know, and he knew the dog. When he right. run her over, he's, you know, my grandpa went up there and was like, hey, man. What? Yeah, he called and he's like, hey, I just run over his dog. He said, man, yeah. He said, that's a, yeah, old Zevi. He said, that this is Zevi. I remember, you know, because that dog was from right around their area. And she, he, he remembered old Zebby, but uh, and I got out of hunting after that. I said, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't afford to buy another dog. You know, right. I, I didn't, I don't know. Went a couple years there, and my dad run that UPS route again. He come across a guy that came hunt over there, and he, he just pleasure hunter, but he uh, bred his own line of blue tips over there. They went back to Smoky River originally, but uh, the guy. The guy gave my dad, you know, my dad was telling my son, he just came up and he said, why'd he get out of, you know, or whatever. Told him what had happened. And uh, he said, well, I got him two puppies here. So give me two blue tick puppies, two blue tick males. First first blue ticks I'd ever messed with, I guess. I, I don't, I went through a thousand dog, you know, dog traders back then. It was bad. Yeah. yeah a lot worse than it is now. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I guess it is now. I, I learned not to mess with them, but uh, I probably had a blue tick. I just didn't even remember, but uh, for 50 bucks off of some dude, you know. But I got, I got them, and I named them Dan and Trailer. Trailer trailer run around. He run loose on the farm for about seven years. <laughs> and because uh, he, he just, I didn't. I said I was going to make one of them. I was going to hunt one of them. I wasn't going to train both of them. Right. I knew that was going to be too much. So. And boy, he'd run, old trailer, run deer all night, coyotes, and he'd bay that horse all day. And he, uh, <laughs> eventually that horse got him. He, he got kicked in the head and died. That's what, oh. how, what that was his demise. But old Dan, actually, his brother turned out to be a, he was going to be a, a really nice dog. He was probably 10 months old and he was training his own coon. I'd never hunt him with anything because I didn't have anything. Right. Uh, he just went hunting by himself, tree coon, and I burned him up with shot call. Yeah, I was young, didn't know, you know, didn't have a tracking system either. I didn't even have a, a Garmin, deep, deep, nothing. I'll have a shot call. <laughs> yeah, that's ignorance right there. That's mm. ignorance. And I burned him up. I don't ever know what happened to him. And I got out of hunting again. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, you know, I'm I pretty sure I, from there I, I done quit hunting three times four times my life but uh i met colton blocker i don't know if y'all know him or not and uh, frank story i've heard that name before i don't know for sure yeah colton me and colton still great friends to stay and uh frank stories his grandpa and i met colton and he, he hunted they hunted all the time colton worked offshore then then too so he was working 14 14 he'd hunt every night he was home right and uh me and frank would hunt together while he was gone we'd hunt the dogs up or whatever and i started hunting with him and yeah that's kind of where i really started going to competition hunts pretty regularly never really won anything he didn't either so he can't say he did <laughs> <laughs> but we had a good time we had a good time but uh yeah and hunted with them and then i got out of college which i didn't graduate but then i got on off and uh i quit hunting again i had a I had a pretty nice dog he ended up being a night champion is uh it was off of one of colton's dogs i sold him he he ended up he ended up getting it was crazy what happened to him he uh climbed a tree one night and ripped his toenail out right like he mm-hmm. it wasn't a, a tree he climbed like a leaning tree yeah right. and he fell out of it and ripped his toenail out well i didn't think anything of it took him to the bed or whatever so well, you know there's nothing we can do for it just clean it out so i said all right whatever and uh ever since that then that dog kind of went crazy i don't know he would he tried to bite me trying to get him out the box and i, I don't know <laughs> what happened to him but anyway i think i'd give him away or i don't know what happened to him but uh we hunted together and I mean, from there, <laughs> so I got like I said, I got I didn't have anybody to take care of my dogs because right. I was working fourteen, fourteen. Right. I didn't have a you know, and, and really the land to hunt around there was really really diminishing quickly. Yeah. Uh, around Tyler Town, like you don't have the big public land like everybody thinks about Mississippi. There, like that's there's not much public land at all right there. Like where I live now in Raleigh, you got the Bienville National, which is hundred thousand acres, you know, of really good hunting. Wow. Then on the coast, you know, where I was living, you got the DeSoto National, which is it's the it's the largest continuous block of land this side of the Mississippi River. Not all of great hunting, but uh, right. there's yeah. some really, really, really good hunting, and especially getting a boat, get on the river, it's outstanding. I mean, it's some of the best hunting maybe in the country you know i mean it's it's really that good wow. uh but you know and i like i, I got out of hunting again <laughs> after yeah. that I, but, but uh then once me and my wife got got together and we moved down there by the coast by where mr eddie and landon payroll and uh tyler way all them all them guys live and that's yeah. a big group of coon hunters down there it's you know really is i mean a good a good group of guys too and i, I didn't know anybody and chance parker was my neighbor and he coon hunted at the time so i had messaged him and you know i was like hey man i'm moving down there i might get into coon hunting whatever he said man come on you know i'm the president of the club over here so 
and that's kind of how I got involved with all those guys. And I have one little dog, and she wasn't she tree coon. She she won a UKZ gas one night. I don't see how, but <laughs> she split tree with a coon. Ain't hardly ever split tree in her life. She split tree with a coon that night. But uh, then I I had had her, and then I really and this is kind of what broke my spirit this time from hunting. I had that that dog I'd raised from a puppy right bandit and he was like a member of my family man i i love that dog and you know he probably wasn't 30 pounds but he was tree coon and he he i remember me and colton had him owned him together he's the only dog i've bought twice and never sold uh <laughs> i bought half of them and give give half to colton and uh because i needed somebody to keep him while i was offshore right. you know Right. Honey, I don't ever forget. I was laying in bed on offshore. Colton sends me a video, and it's bandit, four months old, tree and a coon. Nice. And I'm like, Colton, what do you, what do you, what do you do? He he said, man, he said, I just had him out here in the woods, and he said, my my other dog blew out of there, bandit wheeled in there fifty yards, and come tree, you know. And I'm like, what? He said, yeah, the coon. He shot the coon out. The coon was big as him. He, <laughs> the coon was probably twenty pounds. He probably didn't weigh fifteen at that time because he wasn't four months old. And I'm thinking, oh my god, Colton, you're gonna burn him. <laughs> but uh he said man i was just had him out here playing in the woods or whatever you know right. he wasn't treed down hard he never treed hard but and you know trained him up he 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 was coming in his own he was getting to where you know he took correction really well he was he was getting where he was a pretty nice dog you know pretty i mean he, he wasn't just an overpowering dog by any means but you know he'd get by himself he'd tree cane everything you'd want he could win a hunt to him he won a couple hunts right but uh he i don't it was it was Tuesday night before I was going offshore. I was getting him, I was hunting him up, and Tyler Wable was hunting him at the time while I was gone. Tyler really liked that dog too, and uh, I was hunting him, and I noticed uh, I leave on Thursday, and this is on Tuesday, and I looked at him, and I, he had done something, and and didn't he just wasn't acting right, and I put him down. I got him out of there. He's real bad about mud hole, and I was trying to work on him on that, you know. Right. I done got him where he'd get out pretty good. And he got out, and he ended up treating a cane or whatever. And leading him back, I noticed he looked swollen. Like, he, you know how a dog looks with worms? Like, their belly swells up. Right, yeah. And I was like, man, something's wrong with this dog. So I put him in the pen, put him in the dog box, brought him home. The next day, I gave him some wormer because he looked worse. And I said, man, something. And Chance Parker come over to the house, and, uh, I said, man, come look at Bandit. You know, it's not before I had to leave you off. And uh, he said, man, he said, that dog was bad. He said, you need to bring him to the vet, you know, because he was swelling up. And he done, he got, got to where he looked worse. Right. And uh, brought him to the vet or whatever, and they, uh, <laughs> emergency vet at that. Oh. So they couldn't even x-ray him because he had so much fluid on him. So they give me some, uh, whatever them pills are that make the fluid go away. But, uh, yeah. Something like Lasix. Lasix, that's what it was, Lasix. So right. they give me some Lasix. I fed him, or I give him to Tyler, because Tyler was taking care of him while I was gone. My wife was working at the time, so she she, she worked all day, so uh, I knew she couldn't take care of him. But uh, give him the Lasix, and they did an x-ray. Him, Mr. Eddie and Tyler brought him, to the, brought him back to the vet after a week for me. And, uh, man, his, his heart was so enlarged that it, it literally had done got to where it had nowhere else to grow. Wow. You know, like. Yeah, and they said, you know, he said he'd never hunt again, whatever. I've heard of other people that had dogs within large hearts, and they live. Jason Miller's got one right now that's living. But Bandit, it wasn't, I bet it was two months, and he's dead. You know, wow. he, he got he got bad. I mean, he uh, just mm, pitiful. Just But he was, you know, like I said, he was a member of family. My wife loved him. That kind of broke my spirits right there. And 
Well, I imagine um, so. Uh, last last time I got out of it, I had a, a good puppy coming on, and and she wound up something got a hold of her and kind of cut her throat open real bad. Had to put her down, and that kind of broke me last time I got out. But yeah, that that's yeah horrible yeah. when you gotta gotta lose a it's good tough. one. It's tough. It's tough. And you know, we I had him put down. I remember I tell you how big his heart was at the time when I had him put down because he was just I could tell he just brought him back to that same emergency vet to have him put down to me. But they got they got me for some money. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> but you could see his heart beating through his rib cage. Nice. That's how big his heart had been got. Holy crap! I know it was crazy. I, I mean, and it was just they don't know what caused it. They th- they said it was just a freak genetic, probably just a freak genetic thing that might not ever happen to another dog out of that line again. But it just so happened to him. Well, I've, I've but, never even heard of enlarged heart. I mean, I, I, I guess I don't know why I didn't think it could happen, but I've never heard of anything yeah. like that. I mean, I've seen them die, you know, from heartworm complications, but never never a enlarged heart. That's wow. Yeah, it was it was that was tough. That's tough, you know. I mean, yeah. you put all the time into a dog, and you know, not only that. I mean, I love the little dog. You know, I'm sure Eddie would tell you that too. If he ever talked to him, he he knew I loved I loved old Bandit. You know, right. I, you know, it's tough. And then that kind of broke my spirits from hunting. Then I had that that Vader dog off Jesse Lively's, but uh, I ain't I ain't I don't have him anymore. But yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it to now. I mean, I I skipped over some stuff. I mean, some you know, I got, right. Well, I got a pretty pretty good story of. I was meant to tell it earlier, but I was talking about Mr. David Spence, me and him hunting. Right. And this was before I bought Zebby. I was looking for a dog, and he had a buddy that had a dog named Booby. And he said, Look, we're going to trial this dog for you. We'll see if you want it or not. You know, he's helped me find a dog. Right. And uh, he said, and he pulled this dog out of the box, and it was out of rat attack. <laughs> but it was, I would call it a beagle, but I've never seen a beagle with that short of ears. <laughs> uh, I mean, this thing was, uh, I don't even know, man. Old Booby. But, uh. <laughs> anyway, so we uh we cut them loose and they went in there and they treat a possum right off the bat. I'm thinking, hmm. And then his dog wheeled back around and wouldn't leave, so he just went to be, you know, went to correcting correcting the uh, issue. Right. Well, uh, old Booby heard all that commotion and she shot out of there. She didn't want no more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think we we had a beep beep on her. We didn't have an extra Garmin call. We had a beep beep, and uh, we had a shot caller on though. And he said, yeah, well, it's come time to go home. We ain't, Booby ain't nowhere to be found. <laughs> you know, so we said, well, we better start looking for him. So he, he starts toning her. Come here, booby. He smashed. He said she's got a handle on her. He's toning. She ain't coming. The beep, beep. Where she's beep, beeping, but she's getting further and further away. And he's ghost is tapping her. I, did, I wasn't doing it. You know, I wasn't trying yeah, to. But he, right. he's tapping her. You know, well, the beep, beeping stopped. And she just kind of like she locked up, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So we said, well, let's ride around there and find her. We rode around. We're riding down the road. And I'm beep beeping. He's got it set up for me. And I'm hanging out the window, beep, beep, you know, <laughs> getting closer, closer. Well, we, we go by this house. And I'm hanging out the window. I can still picture myself to this day hanging out the window, driving by the house. And it going, you know, beep, beep while I'm pointing at that house. And as we're going, the signal's getting worse. Yeah. And he's like, man, she's got to be at that house. So I said, all right. So he said, let's just pull in this driveway. We'll go up in there and ask these people if they've seen them. So we go up there and we knock on the door. And this lady comes to the door. And uh, we had our coon and stuff on. She said, uh, y'all looking for that beagle? <laughs> and we said, yeah. 
Yeah, the the beagle. Yeah, and she said, "Well, I, I the dog done broke into the laundry room. The laundry room's outside of the house." She said, "The dog is in the laundry room out here." She said, "Something is wrong with this dog." She said, "Every time I go down to touch it, it would just." <laughs> and we opened the laundry room, and the dog was up in the corner of the laundry room, up on some clothes on its back. Just, I mean, I, I could still picture it, and I was thinking, "Oh my God, we have done terrorize this dog." <laughs> it has no idea what it's. <laughs> she said, "Every time I went to touch." <laughs> that's great that's yeah, pretty good wow. anyway so i know you did a lot of hunting out of a boat well yeah we don't have i guess access to that kind of water around here we really don't have i guess over some state land we got we probably yeah. could but, but right here where we hunt we really don't have that option to hunt out of a boat so how did how did that work out did you just kind of, it's kind of like rigging a dog where you just go do they kind of strike and cut them out or no i I never did it that way you can and that's good to i guess for like young dogs i never did it that way uh i didn't want to turn a dog loose on the coon just because i was getting ready for competition hunts you know Mm -hmm. so i would hunt them out of a boat like if you just like you were hunting out of a truck i had the place where i like to turn loose at and what i would try to do is get a place like you know where the river would bend or the creek would bend oh i could cut them and then i could pull the boat around and be closer to where they were at you know right, right, i got you uh yeah. never tried to send them just straight in i'd always try to send them down a creek or you know somewhere where i could get around to them uh but yeah i never i never let them wind out of a boat i mean you can and if the coons are moving they'll be constantly just oh oh right, and you'll yeah. see coon up and down the bank but no nah, right. i never i never did that now I, I bet over there i don't know how far y'all are but i always thought about going on the white river out of a boat and going hunting i bet it would be fun now we're about about an hour and a half from white river yeah, something like that and you know we can only hunt it a certain time of year anyway right because yeah. yeah they got it it's what, federal land yeah january yeah. i mean uh november yeah. something middle of november to the end of january on the north unit and we only got two weeks on the south unit yeah. and unfortunately everybody else in the world knows about it and they've all decided to join us over here but i mean they're still good hunting over oh, there yeah. and and there's actually a couple folks that do put in a boat and kind of motor down river or up river to turn them loose and uh well i figure you could get away from people if you do that right yeah, yeah. There, that mean, would be one way to get away from people on the white river i think right and there's a few islands here and there out there that i mean people go out there and they'll kill five six coons off one island and then kind of motor on down to the next pocket right. or island or whatever and you know they they, they do good like that but we we've never i've never no, hunted out of a boat no, so. i've done yeah we've got, last time i hunted down there we turned loose i can't remember exactly the spot but i remember we we hunted there was like where we was at was about three or four you know lakes in a row and we just kind of hunted it down the edge of one side of all these lakes then around the end we hunted back but a lot of people down there you know eating use side-by-sides and four-wheelers down there i know a lot of people take them down there all right so I, but hunting out of a boat never crossed my mind you know especially like yeah. where we hunt we got one pretty decent river right here where we hunt yeah. which basically all the best coon hunting land in our county is right on this river so yeah. you know but uh yeah i was just wondering how if you'd done it like rigging or just free casting like you do out of a pickup truck but no nah, yeah i always free cast at mine just i don't know i never want to turn them loose on a coon that seemed too a little bit too easy for me you know i right. wasn't just pleasure hunting i so at that time, you know, I was every hunt I was trying to prepare a dog, right? You know, I wasn't just pleasure hunting ever. You know, and if I had multiple dogs, I'd throw one out here. I might go to the because where I was hunting at, it's a huge river bottom WMA. It's like seventy thousand acres, and I mean nobody hunts it. I mean, there's a ton of people that hunt it, but they hunt the easy hunting. There right. ain't many yeah. people hunting out of a boat. Right. Yeah. So you know, like if I had three people with me, we had four dogs, we would just throw one out here, go across the creek, throw one out because the creek's big. It's as big as most rivers. You know, right. I mean, it's it's plenty big enough for the boat in. Then, you know, 
I'd go on down five, six hundred yards, throw another dog out, and then throw another one out on the other side of the river. You know, so I mean, you could hunt four dogs pretty easily. Uh, me and Landon Payroll did it one night. We had Bandit, uh, Willie, and then Mr. Eddie had, he was hunting Pleasure. And I think we treed 13 singles, which Willie was, he was on that night. That dog is, he, he's pretty ridiculous. But uh, right. we treed 13 singles all together, 12 or 13, and just a couple of hours hunting out of the boat. I mean, you can get to the dog pretty quick, wow. you know. But yeah, that, that was a that was a good hunt. Hmm. That'd be really nice. Yeah. I, I, we hunt around here. We can't hardly treat 13 in two weeks around here. Our right. coons are so, so sparse around here. But mm-hmm. uh, we got a lot of coon hunters. And like I said, the best hunting is on this all right on this one river and, and everybody knows it around here. And, and so. Some of these deer leases, unless you're a full-blown member, you know, you ain't going to be able to get on it. Yeah. I've, ta- I've done talked to two different ones this year just saying about getting a membership or just even a small game membership. I mean, they don't, you know, they don't do this hot small game because they've been burnt by somebody in the past and didn't like to, you know, the waiting list to become a full-blown member is, you know, so long they ain't going to take nobody, put no one else on the list right now, you know. Do, do they allow deer dog hunting in um, Arkansas? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Okay. Uh, I know so, for a while they, they cut the height of the dog down, yeah. and, and I think they took that restriction off, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah, we, we can run dogs around. Y'all don't, y'all don't hunt no dog clubs? Not anymore, man. We used to back in the mid-90s, early 90s. There was a bunch of them around. There's a couple south of us that are, are that's all they do are run dogs during deer season. But as far as like just, no, not not anymore mm-hmm. like there used to be. See, like my my main deer lease I got, you know, growing up, we I never coon hunted when I was a kid. I did with my grandpa and it was kind of like you was talking about with your earlier, you know, it, the dogs stayed close and we was on horseback. But, you know, my dad, he he ran deer dogs and rabbit dogs, beagles, and that's all we did. And that was a big thing during deer season on my deer leases. We ran uh, deer dogs a lot and since Mr. Vernon passed away and got all these new people come in, you know, all the deer, the dogs scare off the deer. We're not doing it no more. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll tell you, uh, I know we're going to talk about the podcast, but I got a, there's a really, really good I listen to it. It's Deer University, uh, hence where I got the name for Peanut University. Right. Uh, but it's the guys at Mississippi State, and it's their deer lab. They do a podcast, and they did an episode with a uh, biologist. He's a dog hunting biologist from Georgia, and they did it on the it's it's because they're biologists they're interpreting the data a lot different than we do right, right. Mm-hmm. so they it's a very very good podcast and i encourage everyone to go listen to it because of that the biologist straight up said look it doesn't affect them we, we've yeah. done it a million you know I mean, we've done, got all these studies it doesn't affect them. yeah right it's a, it's a good one if anybody that's just a plug for their podcast but anybody right. wants to listen to it that is a good one to listen to i'm, I'm always and looking for a new podcast oh, yeah, me too. yeah that episode in particular now the rest of them might be kind of boring to people that don't care about deer management and all that yeah. but that one that one everybody would be interested in right see i know uh you know there's a older lady she's on on our member of the deer lease i'm in you know and i'm the only one on my deer lease that coon hunts pretty much and she was throwing a fit you know talking about how i scare off all the deer away from her or all, my dog scared the deer away from her deer feeder and all that you know and i'd plane up told her during a camp meet one day you know i got video on my phone of being at biomedo walking you know 20 yards from a deer buck bearding you'll ever see out here with my dog on a leash that deer never moved you know yeah yeah but, we we've treed on top of deer deer yeah. standing there looking at the dog tree and you know yeah. it's just a bunch of bull crap it's just know. excuses <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I've, I've done the same thing. And, you know, some of the best deer hunts I ever had were after we run deer dogs that morning in the area and go hunt at that evening because the deer's actually up and moving and they're trying to slip back to where they were at. You know, I mean, they don't run off. Like like the biologist said, they have a home range. And even, I don't know, I've run a bunch of deer with coon dog before and I've noticed this, but <laughs> I've noticed what he said. I've run a deer with deer dogs. But, right. you know, they make a loop. It's a yeah. big loop, but it is a loop. And yeah. some of them make a bigger loop than other ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, that loop that they're making, that's their home range. Yeah. They don't want to, unless you just really pour a pack of walkers to them. Yeah. Right. You know, and really stretch them out. They're going right. to make that loop. You know, yeah. I mean, you put a bunch of beagles on, they're going to run a loop. Right. It's like it's like running rabbit dog, rabbit beagles. You know, they're always going to make yeah, a loop. Always. Yeah. Yeah. So Tyler, if someone came up to you today and they, you know they asked your advice and you know that's get his young boy or even grown man, you know, asking advice on getting started coon hunting, what advice would you give them? Don't get a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's. That's true. I try to I try to find a dog like old Rip, something that makes it enjoyable to go coon hunting because it is not enjoyable messing with puppies. I mean, yeah. it's enjoyable, but it's not when you're trying to learn how to right. coon hunt. Right, right. Uh, and I know that that's old. That's that's beating a dead horse because everybody says that, but there's a reason everybody says. It, yeah, you know. Right. It's the truth. Uh, like right now, no. I'm hunting pups, and I'm taking a couple of young kids with me, and it's boring. I know it is on them kids. Yeah. And like right last night, we treated my pup finally treated two coons last night, and you know they was real excited. But up until then, they've been pretty bored. So yeah. You know. Well, and something else I'd say to do even before you got a dog is like network. Reach out to people that are in your area. Everybody's got Facebook. Yeah. Coon hunters are big on Facebook. I mean, if not there, you can get on the PKC boards or, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You can you can try to network, try to find people in your area. Uh, right. There's going to be people in your area that will let you come hunting. Right. And then, you know, get in with a group of guys. And if you like the dogs they're hunting, see if, hey, where'd you get that dog from? You notice right. he got any more. And, you know, if you get a puppy and somebody helps you train it, because I understand it's it's a lot easier to go buy a puppy than it is to find an older dog, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, and I think getting a puppy is okay if you have somebody to help mentor you in training it. But uh, I feel like a lot that's what happens to a lot of people think coon hunting is they get a puppy and the puppy doesn't work out or the puppy's slow starting and they just say, well, I don't really screw this. You know, I don't yeah. want to do this. So, right. But that, yeah, I think that's that's some good advice to just network. Right. Uh, yeah. It, Definitely. the 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 uh entry point for coon hunting is it's it's expensive to get into you know you need to make yeah. sure it's something you want to do too i mean you got to buy a gun and that's thousand dollars you got a headlight that's 300 I mean, you can get them used or whatever yeah. but boots and chaps depending on where you're hunting yeah uh you know you're talking about a, a big investment especially for a kid right. you know so something you need to make sure that you, you know something you want to do but yeah, that, I, that's that would be my advice i remember i remember when i first started you know i probably actually got into it probably like 2010 2000 2011 somewhere in there and starting out you know i had i found i seen someone on facebook had a pair of uh, red ball rubber hip boots for 15 dollars. i went and bought them i bought a 50 dollar light from a local sporting goods store and the dog i had someone gave to me it was supposed to be a squirrel dog but he ended up training train coons and he didn't even mess with a squirrel so that's kind of how i got into it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's i mean you know that's that's the i mean that's good you know i mean yeah. it's just it's hard to i mean it, and we as coon hunters, it's our own fault right because a lot of people got old dogs sitting out there in the pen they ain't doing nothing with they only give somebody and i understand that because okay how's this kid i don't know this kid how's he gonna treat this dog i don't right. want this dog to be mistreated right you know yeah. i want this dog to be well taken care of because us as coon hunters, we owe it to that dog to take care of that dog correct right. right. 
you know, right. And we owe it to that dog to make sure whoever gets that dog takes care of that dog. Right. You know, I mean, we might correct them and do all this, but to be inhumane to a dog, I don't know many cooners at all that their dogs are living in nicer houses than they have, most yeah. of them. Yeah, they you know, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we take care of our animals, you know, feed them the best feed we can. Just, right. And I can understand why people worry, you know, hey, this this kid might not take care of this dog. I, so yeah. I understand that. But if you give somebody something, it's just like, you know, somebody, they're going to take more care of something they pay for. You know, I don't, it's, it's, so it's, it's tough, tough decision. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that, we have one kid that hunts with us. His name's Josh. He just started hunting with us. He, uh, a friend of ours borrowed a light for him and told him he could keep the light as long as he hunted. And it's when he quit coon hunting, he had to give the light back. You know, he's got a, a boot, a pair of boots he borrowed from me, and he he loves it. He absolutely loves it. Mm-hmm. He's he's hooked. So that that's perfect advice as far as I'm concerned. Don't get a puppy yep. and and find somebody that'll take you with them first off. That's right. what I try to tell everybody. So. But you ain't gonna listen. They gonna get puppies. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody wants puppies. They seen <laughs> yeah. where the red fern grows and thinks thinks it's just that easy. Yeah, that mm-hmm. and you know buying them puppies. You know they they look at it. You know they see the prices on the puppy. You know some of them get like three, say three hundred, four hundred dollars. Then they look at a finished dog that guys willing to show show in the woods that you know does what it's supposed to, what it's trained to do. And, you know they got listed for say eight eight hundred to a thousand dollars. They're gonna go with the cheaper route. You find me one that's finished and does what it's going to yeah. do, that that person will show the woods for that much, yeah. and I'll go buy him right now. Yeah. That ain't right. No, he does what that, he's supposed to do. That, that would be I, I, I thought you meant eight. I thought you meant eight thousand no, dollars because no. that's about what they're going for. Now I don't know yeah. when the last time you bought a dog yeah. is, but uh, yeah, because oh. I I had a I had a lot in a one that uh, he wasn't near about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was just an example, you know, like so. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, there's yeah. no, there's no way for a no. kid unless he's got rich parents oh, yeah. to be able to buy a finished dog. I mean, right. there's just, there's yeah. no way. No. I mean, and there's everybody's looking to screw somebody, right? Oh, so they're screwed. Yeah. I mean, a kid especially. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll give him to you thousand dollars less. You you buy him off the chain right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't uh, I don't think a kid needs a finished dog either, but I don't no. think they need a puppy. I think they need something that's pretty good and started that they can learn with the dog is yeah. what i what i think they need more than anything that's something they can mikey davis say you know it can as the dogs learn they can learn yeah yeah i agree or you know i feel like like i was saying about over it rip taught me more about coon hunting than anybody ever has yeah. you know just i just i learned about it you know i learned what you're supposed to do and i didn't know what you're supposed to do. i'm glad he did yeah because uh, yeah. i didn't <laughs> but yeah that's that's yeah. the advice i'd give people works for me yeah. uh well what do you think about the growth of our sport i know you don't do a lot of competition hunting but what 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 do you think about the way it's blowed up in the past few years yeah i love it i mean i do i, I think it's great for exposure for and i used to preach this a lot on the podcast as far as uh making it mainstream right we want to make coon up mainstream and by doing that you have to have the exposure because hunt's not our hunt that opens people's eyes. People look at that and they're like, hmm. You know, people that aren't even in sport of coon hunting, they're like, oh, I thought they just did that for fun or whatever, you know, or, or you know, they, uh, people have a, a perception of people that coon hunt that I think is very, very incorrect, I guess would be the way to say it. But, uh, you know, <laughs> okay. where the red fern grows did a lot for coon hunting, but people still think that that's what coon hunting is. You right. know, they still think that old Billy running through there with a lantern, you know, mm-hmm. two red bones right there, the uh, chasing the ghost cane. Right, you know exactly. I mean? But that's not, that's not, that's not how it is anymore. It's completely different. And then, like, I, I, some people, you know, I meet people and they know that I coon hunt or whatever, people I work offshore with, and you got to spend a lot of time with those guys. So you get to talking with them, and they're just like, man, so what? what's, how do you determine what dog wins? And then you start going into the rules, mm-hmm. and they're like, man, this is, that's a lot harder than I thought it was. Yeah. You know, I don't even, 
I don't even understand what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it ain't uh, just but, a bunch of dumb hillbillies yeah. out there playing with dogs at night. No, <laughs> it's not. No, I mean, some of the, I, I say, uh, like Brendan Tony, for example, that dude, as far as like with math and stuff in his head, like in a cast, is, is ridiculous. Like the way that he can keep score. And I mean, he's just, he's really, really good at it. And which I, mean, I guess that, I think he's an accountant or something in his right. personal life but i mean so yeah kind of or yeah. finance or he does something but uh yeah i think it's great for the sport and i think it's great to make it mainstream and i, I don't you know i've kind of been out of it for a few months altogether i haven't really been on facebook and lit, watched any of it but uh, does it seem like there's i know i get some messages on kuna university's podcast page good bit people asking about you know where do i go to get started and, and it seems like i've got more and more of those you know so i feel like it's it's more and more people are, are getting in the sport maybe right uh does it kind of feel that way to y'all yeah and that's something else i i, I wanted to ask do you, do you think they're getting in it for the wrong reason though i mean they see this big money and do you think they're getting in it just for the money or do you think they're trying to actually trying to get in it for the love of the hounds which in my opinion is the way it should be but you know i mean i, I can't blame nobody for chasing money because i would love to do it if i had the hound worth it well well i think i don't think that I think they're going to figure out pretty quick that they're not going to be able to do that. Exactly. <laughs> At least not starting out. You know what I mean? At least not starting out. You know, right. everybody can do it, but man, those guys that do that, I mean, they are, they're good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they've been doing it. Like Bill Murphy is a, is a one-off the way that he just kind of blew on the scene and started winning just all of a sudden. I mean, the dude won all the moats, you know? Yeah. He just, he'd been doing it like a year. Right. Won all the moats, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. Or was it all the moats? I think I think it was. Uh, yeah, that, that I was like it was. the first big the first big honey one, and he hadn't been hunting, but I think he said like a year maybe. I mean that's unheard of. Right. You know, there's a lot of people in this world that coon hunt and coon hunt hard and never never get to that level. And whether it's finances, because I mean that, that is hard. And then, but then again, what kind of always got me, and I can kind of say this now because I'm not worried about any repercussions, but. <laughs> People would get on Facebook and they'd complain about it. You know, all these people are hunting for $100,000. They should have a hunt for us. You know, right. uh, the working man, this, yeah. that. You know, they should do this. Man, them dudes are paying $4,000 entry fee to yeah. be in that hunt. It's not like PKC's just saying, okay, y'all come on over here and we're going to let y'all hunt in this for free, but only y'all select people, right? You know, I mean, you can't blame somebody for having money, you know, and that's not running the sport. It's not taking away from $30 hunts. No, no. You know, there's somewhere for everybody. And God, you know, I, I miss Michael Moody uh, right. like crazy, and I really do. Uh, but he, what he had going for PKC with the, I don't even know if you're still doing it or not, but the, the whole open event earnings you know you hunt for whatever it is and then the pro classics were paying for the 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 pot at the end right uh, that was awesome man that yeah. was and i guess they're still doing it i don't know uh they are they're, they're but, still doing the, the the whole thing he set up with the, the pro qualifiers and all that they're still yeah they're still doing all that and you know people was on there and i ain't gonna say his name right here because you know he's got one of them he's got a one-on-one league i'll say that <laughs> and it ain't Jason Snellgrove and them. But he was on there and on Facebook, and he's on there, and he's like, well, how's this for the working man if, you know, whatever's going on? He's trying to promote his one-on-one. Right. And at that time, he was blowing my phone up trying to get on the podcast to promote his one-on-one. I said, dude, no. Nah. I said, no, nah, no, nah, you ain't getting on. No, that... You, you, you want to talk like that? What Moody's doing, that is for the working man. Right. Yeah, he got a chance to win. I don't remember what it, the final payout was, but it was ridiculous. And all – and you had a chance to do it. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Ain't nothing like it's going to be easy. No. You know, especially if you're poor, it's going to be hard. Exactly. But that you have a, there is an avenue for you to win that money. Right. You know? Yeah. You just got to, you know, 
be willing to spend a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. like paying monthly installments. You know, us right. poor boys. Yeah, we can't afford to go buy a truck. Okay, I can't. I no. can't. Y'all might can't. I don't know. Y'all <laughs> might be bankrolling over here. But uh, you know, you paying. It, me and Mister Eddie did the math, and it's about the same. Yes. You know, by the time you chase, you know, I mean, I mean, you paying it in monthly installments, it doesn't seem as bad, right? So I mean, right. No. Uh, just like everything, we finance everything nowadays. But oh yeah, yeah. There, I'm, if I don't get a dog with a tree of coon here pretty regular, pretty soon, I might finance me a dog somewhere i don't know <laughs> now, hey, hey, I, it's about that time hey you gotta finance one you'll figure out the ones you pay for pay big money for they ain't always that great either no they just a dog they win like a competition hunt they win a competition hunt you know but right. uh it's a dog yeah you know and we had uh had brandon Gaines on and we talked about the the growth of the sport and we've had a bunch of the the big name bigger name guys around here in you know ukc and pkc and the sport is growing for sure and mm-hmm. and i'm really glad it is because we need all the help we can get especially getting it back into the mainstream you know that deal with that michaelis has got with the uh, joy and doing all the coverage and stuff is great yeah and and i'm really happy that somebody's actually taking an interest in it and 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 doing that for us right. yeah know. and I say this too. So before Michael even got sick, you know, when he first come out with all that for PKC, and I'm glad Michaelis is doing that too. Let me let me go ahead and say that I think that's great. And I right. actually have watched a few of them. He does a really good job, and I like Josh and uh, everything. But uh, when when Michael before he even got sick, well, we were we were actually going to do something like that, and he he actually had plans. He was going to do like a podcast. We had already gotten set up. He came over to the house. You know, I went through all the podcasting with him. He done bought a P4, and he was going to do like a, a a podcast monthly to keep up with that race. You know, to interview yeah. some of the guys that were leading it. But and then we already had like we had already gotten Michael about all this, and this is all set in stone. And me and Mister Eddie were going to do like the broadcast thing, but you know, then I mean, Michael got sick. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had planned all that, and I, I mean, just yeah, we had some big things planned, but. You know, and that was Michael. Michael getting sick is probably one reason I didn't hunt anymore either, because he he lives not far, or he lived not far from where I live now. Right. And uh, we were planning on, you know, that was who I was gonna hunt with when I get up here. And there's some good guys around here to hunt with. I'm not saying that, but I just, you know, that was who I'd plan. It kind of, I don't know, it kind of took the wind out of myself too when, when that happened when, right. when he passed away. Yeah. I thought a lot of Michael Moody. I really did. He great guy. They don't they don't make him any better than him. I never personally met him, but I've never I've, I've people I know that have met him have never had a you know crossword yeah. other than you know maybe in the heat of a hunt or something maybe have a crossword. But at the end of it, shakes your hand and go about your no. ways. Still friends, you know. He was just a great guy from everything I've heard. Same here. And it's yeah. very sad that we lost such a mm-hmm. such a honorable man representing the sport. We definitely need more like that. I hate it. So that's a. Uh, I guess that's about it on the coon hunting. Uh, you're not doing it much anymore, or are you ever going to try to get back into it, or you kind of? No, I think I think I will for sure. I don't know if uh, I don't know if I get back in the podcast inside of that much, but as far as actual coon hunting, yeah, I think once my son gets a little older, I want to get him involved we got some really good places around here to go you know so hunting's not a problem it's just finding a dog man it's just i mean the price of dogs is it's tough to find yeah. a finished dog right. and then to train a dog you're looking at two years before you ever get something that's finished <laughs> right. you know people always talk about a 10 month old dog doing it yeah but that's that you got a lot of work to do I mean, you looking at two and a half at yeah. least at least you know that's kind of where i'm at i've got a three-year-old and i've got this 
15 month old and it's yeah i'm glad i have a three-year-old yeah <laughs> yeah like i had that dog off of frank jesse lively's dog he about he about rent me i i done got to where i hate it turning loose i just <laughs> man he was whew, you know and i i'd really like to i'd like to go competition hunt more i really would not and i would like to go to all the big hunts you know right. I mean, with my work schedule, I can do it. But, see, when I was hunting a lot, when I was living down there by Mr. Eddie and them, my wife was working, uh, she'd work 1.30 in the day till 10 at night. So, if it was wintertime, I could load my boat up, and I'd be over there putting the water at 5.30, ready to turn loose. You could turn loose 30 minutes after sunset. Right. So, I was cutting loose the minute I could. Well, that'd be 5.45. Man, I could hunt. She wouldn't get home to 10.30. So, I would hunt all night, you know, till, till 10 o'clock load my boat up and i could be home at 10 30. yeah well and then i didn't miss any time with her because I, mean, I missed the 14 days right while i'm gone right well we had a baby we moved from the down there in mchenry we moved to, to raleigh to be closer to her family which is great you know i mean she needs that because i mean i'm gone but she doesn't she doesn't she works one week in a month now so we're always home together so every time i go hunting i'm missing time with them it's not like it used to be and i feel guilty you know i i got i'd never felt guilty about going hunting but i got to where it was like mm, now it's like man i'm missing you know uh, the last i'll tell you all about that hunt i'm sure you'll ask me my most memorable hunt right that was the next one okay well you can go on ahead and uh but <clears throat> Yeah, so that's why, you know, that's, that was another reason why I got out of hunting. Right. Well, since you mentioned it, go ahead and uh, bring up that most memorable hunt you got there. So, yeah, that was, that was, and it's probably, it's the last big hunt I've been on. And I, you know, to go back to Michael and all, it was uh, a, about a, it's coming up on a year now, it's crazy. But it was October of 2020, 2022, I mean, 2022. And uh, we all went and stayed. Michael and his family, Michael and his family, they had a camp on a uh, Chotard Lake over there in, uh, just north of Vicksburg. Right. And we went and stayed at their camp and hunted up there in the Delta for a couple nights. And that was, it was my most memorable hunt because it, it was, it was the best hunt I've ever been on. We treated 21 singles in two nights, but wow. you know, it was, it, that was Michael's last hunt. And, or I guess, I think he went maybe a couple times after that, but that was his, his last big hunt, you know, with a group. And it was, there was, seven or eight of us there you know hunting and just it was a good time it really was and i i just that that was probably my most memorable hunt and it was one that i wish you know i had facebook live videos of it i went live on kunat university and i can't find them i went back to try to look for them but they're not on there something it kicked them off or something i don't know but it was right you know i had videos of us walking to the tree and michael's there and we we, we knocked coon out and uh oh sharpshooter jesse lively knocked him out <laughs> for us but uh <laughs> he he shoot it but yeah, we uh, and old blues that that blueberry wine dog was tree, and I don't never forget Michael. I turned to him and said, "What you think about the dog?" He said, "If it ain't blue, it ain't right." Or he said <laughs> something along those lines. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was that was a good hunt, and that's some good hunting up there too. I mean, it's 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 the Delta's nice. I mean, it really yes. is. I mean, there's a lot of coon. There's a lot of coon. It's it's nice. I, I really really enjoy hunting the Delta. Yeah, you know, like. The White River, we only get it that certain time of year. We can hunt kind of around the White River, but we can't really get in the good bottoms until, you know, until, you know, they open it up because it's federal and they don't like us on there for some reason. You know, and we don't really, around here, we don't have no delta around here. We have bottoms and that's all we get, so. Yeah, Y'all in the hills? Uh, no, we're flat ground here, but you can drive 45 minutes west and be in some hills. Mainly it's just, you know, we got big bottoms, 
river bottoms is all we got and, and pine thickets yeah so a lot of pine thickets a lot of pine thickets yeah there ain't no pines in the delta no 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 that, that's the best thing about it you know and where our bottoms are is, is there's a lot of mixed timber in there as well not just not just big bottoms but yeah see kind of where i'm at now it's all like it's you got bottoms they're not river bottoms they're like just branches but even the hardwoods even pine trees it's all like upland hardwoods mixed pines right so you know a lot of white oaks too i love that i love being in white oaks you know you don't really get that much in the river bottoms but up here we have a lot of white oaks a lot of yeah rolling hills it's nice like i said we're mostly flat land there's a few spots around here you're getting a a couple of little hills but nothing like anything out west arkansas so which is which is a blessing Uh, that's that's the ozarks over there huh right wash you have the washita south and then it turns into the ozarks uh when you cross what i-40 up in there somewhere somewhere it turns over into the ozarks but yeah it's yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's hard on a fat boy to hunt West Arkansas, and I, I do not do it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I hear you, buddy. So let's uh, switch gears for a minute and, and get into this podcasting and stuff. Tyler, how did you uh, get started in podcasting? I remember you know, when I first started listening to them, your podcast was actually the first one I ever listened to. What was the what was the first episode you listened to? I can't. What remember. What were we on then? Yeah, I mean, like, have I, we been I, doing I, it for a while? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I scrolled. I was went on Spotify, and I'm pretty sure I scrolled all the way down to the first one that popped, or the last one on the list at the bottom. I want to say, or at the yeah. top. Can't yeah. Yeah. So I, I just well, I listened to Nightlife and How's the Next Beef Time. Those are the two big pod. I was the only two podcasts. Well, and uh, I had approached actually approached one of the nightlife guys not steve though so i mean it wasn't him but i I, i'd message him (laughs) and i said hey look man i got an idea for a podcast and i would do it up under y'all's and we could do nightlife university that's what i want to call it nightlife university and he said no he said no it sounds like a great idea or whatever but you know the nightlife is that's part of my trademark whatever so okay that's cool whatever so i'll just start my own knew absolutely nothing about podcasting nothing and uh, contrary to popular opinion, Mr. Eddie thinks that I'm a genius on the computer, but I'm really not. I'm just I'm just a lot better than you. Don't have to be very good to be better than him. You know, I know he'll listen to this, he'll enjoy that. But uh, you know, he thinks I'm just this wizard on the computer, and I'm really not that good on the computer. But uh, it doesn't take much to impress him on a computer. <laughs> but uh, and like I just I knew nothing about it, and I told my neighbor Chance Parker, I think I'm getting podcast, you know. And I, so I said, well, I went to research a little bit and looked. So well, I could do that. That's not that hard. So I run down to Walmart and bought me a mic. I bought a good one too. I bought like I paid like fifty bucks for it. It was a good mic, a JBL. Right. Uh, but <laughs> I did the first one. I said, you know, I'm gonna just record and see how it goes. And I did that. My goals or whatever. Yeah. And it was terrible my god it was terrible i mean i don't see how people even listen to it it was so i mean i had the volumes all wrong and the the intro about blew the ears runs out i mean it was terrible talking about that yeah that's the first one i listened to yeah that was that was the first one my goals and then the next one i said i told chance i said man i need you because i had like five or six guys that I knew that I wanted to interview, just local guys or people that I looked up to or whatever throughout coon hunting. And I told Chance, I said, hey, look, you know, come over. I want to interview you for this podcast. He said, man, I don't even know what we're going to talk about. So we'll talk about managing clubs or whatever. Looking back now, we could have done a lot better job. And the audio on that one was, was bad, too. And uh, I was using – so I had figured out, you know, you can't use a UBS – I'm not even going to bore you all with that. But I, I somehow I would figured out how to use a, two USB mics on a computer – going through some special software or something so i mean I, I, 
and I, I remember I was trying to figure out because I didn't have nobody to help me. You know, people ask me, well, ask me, and I'll tell them, look, this is what you need to do. Don't go and buy all this crap that I bought that ain't going to work. Right. You know, I was trying to figure out how do I use a mixer with a USB mic? I couldn't, I, I just didn't understand why I couldn't use a mixer with a USB mic. <laughs> you know, now I do, of course. I mean, you know, looking back now, I'm like, you idiot. You know, but because <laughs> I wanted to do more than one, I just, I didn't even know what XLR mic was. But right. anyway, I'm not going to bore you with that. But, and I, I don't know. It just went from there. I did Mr. Eddie's, and then, then once I did Mr. Eddie's, I remember it got like, I don't know, a good many people. We posted on the, Prohound board, you know, Mr. A's real big in PKC, works PKC. Man, right. people was commenting on there. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. It was not a great interview. Mr. Eddie will tell you that too. I mean, he he left so much stuff out of there that I learned later on. Just and then uh Brandon's was good, and then I did Mr. Tom Hopkins with Lipper. That was one person I said, I said, I want to do Tom Hopkins. I want to know about Lipper. You know, I just I always liked the dog. I always thought it was kind of crazy. He had five thousand something puppies. But uh once I did that one, it grew more then, you know. And right. then then uh I don't know, we went on, did did a few more. I'm not gonna name them all, but it just kept growing and growing. And then I'll tell you what really made it grow was <laughs> I don't know if you can take this out if you want to, but was when the nightlife controversy happened. Right. And then th- they broke up. So, and I remember that morning I slept in because I think I had to go offshore that next day. So I'm sleeping in. I wake up, my phone blowing up. People tagging Facebook notifications, tagging Kunak University, tagging Kunak University. I'm like, what is going on? And everybody, they were like, well, we're not going to listen to Nightlife anymore. Well, y'all need to listen to Kunak University. And people are tagging, well, what podcast do I listen to now? And people are tagging Kunak University, Kunak University. Because, I mean, how's the next piece so established then? Everybody already knew it. Right. You know, uh, but when that happened, then Hunt University was was the only coon hunting podcast because Houndsman XP does does everything right. I mean, right. Chris has done built a brand and and he doesn't just do coon hunting. Well, Hunt University was the only one that just did coon hunting. So, and it kind of went along like that for a little bit, and then I don't know, a couple more popped up, but it just kept growing and growing, and then just captured the stories and did what I wanted to do. And Mr. Eddie was a huge part of that, and uh, all the guys that helped, Salem Bridges, Mason, uh, Zach, Jason Miller, even man. And you know, with Jason, when I, when I started the podcast, I, I didn't want it because you know I didn't have nobody to help me out when I was younger. So I said, well, I want to make it educational. Well, it, it turned it it wasn't that right. Yeah. It, it turned out to be capturing stories, and that was great. But when we brought Jason on and he was able to do the, you know, Jason Miller, he was able to do the uh, education side of it. Man, I right. thought that was, that was really what I wanted to do. And he was doing a great job. At yeah, it I love Jason, listening to Jason, because I mean, he was a smart guy yeah. and, and you learned a lot from him. Yeah, the little he put stuff, he did there. Yeah, he did. He did an out, uh, outstanding job. And the other guys did great interviews too, but Jason's was different. So it was, you know, and that was really what I, I, I really liked. And I, I wish we could still do it. But uh, it, as y'all know, it takes, yeah. it takes takes a lot of time <laughs> sure and then does. of course the one that blew it up i mean everybody knows this i mean it was the, the wipeout one right just that was the one that really just i figured out people in podcasts if i can get them to listen to it one time they'll keep listening right you know and i'm like that with podcasts too if i listen to one episode if you can catch my attention on one episode I, i'll listen to them you know what I mean? And I don't I don't know. It just it got bigger than I ever thought it would. I didn't and it got to be a job and you know, but that's yeah, that's how we got started, you know what I mean? Right. Well I know I was I just happened upon the 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 nightlife one and I kind of got to looking more and more and then I caught y'all's and I, I I started listening to you and you know I got to where I was listening to you more than the other guys and then that all blew up and that drama come down and I was probably one of the guys that 
tagged y'all in a post but uh but yeah y'all just took off huge and got got huge quick and you know with the houndsman xp they they do the big big game and and the running dogs and the and the scent hounds and the what else they call sight hounds i guess for the out west whatever it is but you know y'all was the only coon hunting game in town and and that's what i wanted to hear and that's what everybody that i hung out with wanted to hear so yeah we was real happy y'all was there whenever uh nightlife nation kicked out there so and that was never the goal either the goal was never to get huge you know i mean and it i don't i guess it got huge within coon hunting i mean it wasn't joe rogan or nothing by any means but you know that was never it's nice to have people listen to it and i really enjoyed when people would, would say hey you know i really enjoy this podcast you know and it gets to the point though like when i first started it was every listener matters right right every one of them then it gets to a point where you have so many that you can't make everybody happy. Right. There's going to be people that complain, right? There's going to be somebody that doesn't like something that's said. And it's it was hard. It was really hard for me to be able to just say, just don't, I can't change what I'm doing just for one person. Exactly. You know, and it's, it's. but when I first started, I, I chased myself crazy trying to do that. But it just, it, that was, you know, but that was, that was something that, you know, and everybody does matter. I'm not saying that they don't, but, you know, just, I can't change, you couldn't change something for one person. Y'all know how right. that is. Yeah. You know how much work goes in to it yes it's it's ridiculous and we're nowhere near as big as y'all were and 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 it's 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 a lot of what time goes into these things Uh, and we're not near as technologically as advanced as y'all were or seem to be uh but you know it's it's a lot of work going on in these things getting everything set up you know jeff works Mm -hmm. uh, a second job i work i work in the logwood so i work a lot of hours and then we try to coon hunt almost every night and trying to coordinate guests and jeff and me and and get everything set up and all that it's 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 rough it really is oh i'm sure i couldn't even imagine you know i mean like the logistical side of it is a nightmare you, and that was one thing that was great about Mr. Eddie was if I there was only one interview that I did that he couldn't he had something going on that was Guy Manning and that was a good interview too. Yes, I, it was. I, I did. Really I enjoyed, enjoyed that it. one. Yeah. <clears throat> but Mr. Eddie was supposed to be there for that one. I think he had something going on. But other than that, I told Mr. Eddie, "Hey, look, we're gonna do this podcast." And he, "All right, buddy, what time? Where at? Just put me a headset on a mic in front of him. That's all he needed. You know, I'd adjust his <laughs> levels and everything. Hey, and he came prepared. When I tell you, he would have uh, ten pages of notes wow just i mean just he he i mean and he already knew all these people right he was already there when you know he was there when bobby burden won the world hunt you know i mean he was there when when kitty and them was doing all that winning you know he was there when the wipeout dogs he hunted with zeb he hunted with you know he was there the night zeb died really so i mean yeah so i mean he was there he knows he can he was so good without him that podcast would have never i don't care i mean just his contribution to it made it so much better and his voice is so much better than mine for radio i used to tell him that all the time i wish i had your voice from shreddy gosh you know it just yeah, the way he's smooth he's got that smooth just, tone about him it's perfect and he is so i don't know he's he's just a great guy i can't say enough good things about shreddy and things that he does for poor king nothing him want to see it grow and he's just man you won't find another, a better guy than than edison you just won't i mean that's that's all there's to it and everybody will tell you that i've never heard anyone say a bad thing about machete and and having him on there really it, it gives your how do, I, how do i say this uh it uh it gives your podcast you know when i did with him on the podcast people were, were a lot more willing to come on there because they knew okay eddie's not going to put anything on there of me you know and he would tell them hey look tyler edited out you know, tyler edited all this out man some of them like bobby burdens i'd do some heavy editing 
cussing on it. He didn't want no cuss words in him. But, but I tell you, what, right. it was, ooh, that was that was tough right there. <laughs> you know, uh, but just our Keith Medley, boy, whoo, that one. And I won't ever forget. We did Keith Medley's. And Mr. Eddie had told me ahead of time. He said, "Look, Keith's a great guy, but he's going to cuss, Tyler. We're going to have to edit out." <laughs> I said, "Mr. Eddie, I'll edit every one of them out for you, buddy." Well, he went. To, he's talking, boy, and you know how yeah, I talk like I'm talking. I, yeah. He went to cuss, and I'm thinking, man, I got a lot of editing to do. <laughs> and we get done with the interview. Great interview. Mr. Eddie looks at me as serious as he can. He says, "Tyler, he did a good job on not cussing." <laughs> I'm saying, huh? How much is he? <laughs> you know, but uh, that was, that was pretty good. I won't never forget Machete's face. Just serious he could be. <laughs> he did a good job. He held back, Tyler. He held back, and I was thinking, yeah, I guess so. Maybe I don't know. Well, but, yeah, I mean, without him, it would have. He did a great. I mean, he's awesome. Right. Well, my two favorite interviews you did was, of course, the Tom Hopkins with the Lipper Dog and and Mr. James Love. That that was a great one too. The the story about the the what was it the coat in the schoolhouse with the skunk spray all over it. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just amazing. It was just a great story. And just all them older guys you had on there, man, it was great. I mean, it was yeah. kind of like what we're wanting to do, but, you know, it's, it's, we just just the local guys and, and y'all did a bunch mr eddie got a bunch of the bigger names on there you know because like i said everybody knew him and, and was willing to come on for him and i and you too as well but no not for me they didn't come on there for me <laughs> all for mr eddie, i'll tell you huh? that right now i mean a, a few of them probably would have but really it was i mean if if mr eddie picks up and calls somebody right usually they're gonna you know or either i would talk to him and say hey mr eddie sent me and they go like, okay 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 yeah 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 right but yeah no it wasn't for me but you can go on ahead i just want to stop you right there <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean that's kind of what we were wanting to do with ours. When when Jeff came to me with this, and mm. I was like, man, ain't nobody gonna listen to us. You know, there's so many podcasts out there, and we've got a nice little following. We're not yeah. we're not big by no means. We I don't know what our numbers are. I don't even really know how to look up how many downloads we have. I mean, but you know, we're getting some pretty decent guests around here. Some of the some of the big name guys in our state that are doing really good things, and some of the older guys that I've got lined up are going to be some great interviews. And, and I'm we, we've been blessed so far with the interviews and 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 you coming on is a huge yes. blessing for us because i mean you know without you there wouldn't be us you know what yeah. i'm saying so and you've been a great inspiration to us and i appreciate all you did while you was doing it well and i i appreciate i really i appreciate that i really do and i hope that and i, I kind of saw it you know once i did mine i feel like it showed people look you, ain't, you don't have to be a big name right right you don't have to have this i mean mr steve Felder was on nightlife Steve Filter is one of the biggest names in Kuna. No, that ain't no lie. Uh, so, I mean, they had him, right? But I think, and I hope maybe it was like this, that I showed people that you can have an impact. You know, you can you can have an impact no matter how small you are. Right. You know, I was a nobody. I still am a nobody. You know, if it wasn't for Coon Hunt University, there wouldn't be 20 people that knew my name in Coon Hunt. Right. And that's fine. I didn't do it to, for people to know my name. That's why I never... Yeah. I tried to never give my opinions. I tried to never talk about myself on there, you know, but I hope that it, it did show people that no matter what, you can you can do it too, you know? Right. And I hope I did break some barriers for people. You that, sure did. You know, like, we get on ours, and we'll talk We'll talk about how we did our weekend hunting, you know, and, and that's about all we're going to talk about ourselves. And, and then we'll get into our interview, and then we'll come back. We'll finish it up, and we'll, I mean, like, the Shriners Benefit Hunt thing that we've got got going on with zach graffiti mm-hmm. I, I think that's how he pronounced his name with the stud dog auction and stuff but other than that i mean we want to move through what we got to say and then get to the interviews and let 
the people hear what they come to hear and that's what we wanted to do and you know eventually i want to get to where the bigger name guys will come on but right now i want to focus on the guys here that are in the state that are you know i guess the the backbone or the grunts i guess you'd call it of coon hunting you know yeah and and i when when i listen to yours i think on your first episode you said that yeah, it's horrible. And that, that really <laughs> well no i mean it was it was a lot better than my first episode i can promise you that oh uh, but you said that about the backbone of coon hunting and that was one thing when i heard that i said you know what i said that's a those guys are on the right track because i i wish i'd have done a a little bit more of that but like you man it's hard it's and i'll tell you it's hard to convince people to come on here and talk like right now i never it's weird being on this side of the mic it is it's <laughs> it's it's completely different it, it i'm telling you it's but it's it's important no matter wh- whether you're doing a world champion or your local pleasure hunter it's important because you're capturing knowledge for the sport and you're collecting it somewhere where people can go back and listen and you know, I hope one day, maybe my son, you know, I've had people tell me this, but I, I feel like now I was thinking about, so, you know, one day Briar can go back and listen to this. It's my son's name. Right. And, uh, and I see that's one of y'all's dog's names too. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's spelled, my son's spelled different, but, uh, uh, you know, he can go back and listen to this, you know, and I, I feel like, and I've had people tell me that and I'm like, man, you know, I'm glad you captured that for me and my kids can go back and listen to it. And now that I'm a father, I see how important that really is, you know, so I, I have a completely different outlook on it now. Right. But, and I've got some, uh, some guys lined up that are that are they're mainly just trainers like the one we dropped yesterday he was he's, he's a trainer that's what he does he he hunts you know for people and i want to get uh, four or five of those guys on that do the training and just ask them just a series of questions and just and do a do a kind of a pup training episode for people that don't know what to do when they get a pup you know other than just turn it loose in the woods and hope it does something you know not without them giving up too much of their knowledge you know you know don't want to cut into their job but just to get their just to pick their brain and give them a, a broad idea of how to correct a dog you know a lot of people get a shot collar and they're gonna turn that sucker up and fry a dog you know and and you don't do that you, you'll burn one out so yeah so if y'all ever want it any any way that like any way i can help you if you ever want jason miller on or you know mr eddie or anybody that i could help out with y'all know i'm 100 percent. you know right i could get jason miller and mr eddie on pretty easy you know i mean jason is is very willing to share every bit of knowledge that he has that's one thing i love about it and mr eddie is too but mr eddie will tell you he's not a he's not a pup trainer right he doesn't you know he's not going to give you much advice either when it comes to dogs he will if it's something funny about him he he would give me advice because me and him are so tight but if it's somebody that he's not real tight with he ain't gonna give you much advice on how to train a dog or right. how to mess with one because he don't want to, he don't want to be the reason you mess that dog up you know? <laughs> right <laughs> uh but he's he's a good one to learn from and he's a great guy i know y'all y'all do y'all's intro pre-recorded right yes yeah. yes yeah i never did see i always just ed- post edit all mine in which is this better the way that y'all do it that way if even if you do forget you can just post edit right right uh <laughs> but yeah and then you know you get you start getting advertisement you start getting all this stuff and it's like it's great you're making you're not making any money because i mean you got couple thousand equipment right yeah if you're doing it right don't tell my wife that (laughs) um so you're just kind of recouping a little bit of your money your investment but then it becomes a job right and i didn't want it to be a job it it become a job i didn't want to be a job exactly but yeah and and that and we we, it was fun it was it was was, let me tell you something i had i miss it i miss making memories being on the road doing interviews 
man, I got to go to the Schooner River Bottoms. You know, I mean, I got to ride around Wimp Air in the truck. I got to see the museum. Wow. You know, I got to do an interview with him. You know, I mean, I, I, all these things. Man, I got to do an interview with Tom Hopps. Man, yeah, that was one sure. dude I looked up to my whole life. Right. You know, what exactly. I mean, within coon hunting. I mean, uh, James Love. Just we got to go on the road. Got to go. I mean, just. Some of the ones that we did, I just never would have thought. Like Keith Medley, man. I mean, I heard about them dogs my whole life. Yeah, you know, I mean, the wipeout dogs, of course, I heard about them. But it's just some of the people that we did, and I don't want to leave anybody out, but I just, I, I do miss that. Right. You know, I miss that part of it. Yeah, the camaraderie, the friendships, mm-hmm. and just hanging out and hearing the stories that you didn't put on the podcast is probably worth a million dollars, and it's by itself, you know. Getting to hang out with the names like Barry Kitty and talking to Tom Hopkins and, yeah. like you said, riding in the truck with Wimp Aaron. I mean, it's just an amazing list of guys you named there, and, and we're sure thankful you was blessed enough to get to interview yeah. him, you know. I am, too. And, you know, one that we missed, we were going to do him, and I know Mr. this tore Mr. Reddy up pretty good. Was uh, We were supposed to do Mr. Jarvis Humphreys oh. uh, right before he passed, and, you know, him and Mr. Eddie are really, really good friends. Man, that would have been a good one. Man, oh. I wish we could have done that one. I know Mr. Eddie wish we could have, too. Yeah, that would have been great. Oh. I, I would have loved that one. Yeah, there was a lot of knowledge that went with him. He's another yeah, one like, the, like Michael Moody that, you know, I never got to meet, but I've never heard anybody say just a terrible word about him. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, he was I mean, he was a visionary, right? I mean, PKC it, what, isn't what it is. It wasn't yeah. anything without him. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I don't know if there's anybody else you can mention that you want to mention to thank about anything in your coon hunting or, or the podcasting. Uh, you're more than welcome. You have the floor. Man, I don't want to mention any. You know what I mean. I, I'll right. leave somebody out because exactly. it's a bunch. Uh, but they know who they are. I love them. I'm thankful for it. Thankful for everything they've done for me to help. And I'm extremely thankful, and I feel blessed that y'all invited me on your podcast. And I'm I'm honored. I really am. And I know y'all have a great thing going. And I'm looking forward to seeing y'all's growth and seeing. Um, seeing what all happens with you in the future i really do appreciate y'all letting me on here it, it means a lot to me you know oh, that i get to i get to, my son in 10 years i can say hey look this is you hear him right now crying he's, right. he's gonna hear himself on this crying <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh you know i can say hey look this is you know this is daddy right here you know right. and put it on for him that means a lot to me i really um, thank y'all so much well, for we're that. definitely honored to have yes. you on here and anytime anytime you want to come on and talk and mm-hmm. just shoot the bull about coon hunting or give us some more advice about podcasting you are more than welcome Welcome, oh, yeah. me. <laughs> I hope I hope people listen to this. I don't know if I, I don't know if they want to listen to me or not. Talk this much. I ain't never talked. I ain't never talked this much on my podcast. We did eighty episodes. I don't think I talked this much. My wife just texted. You're talking too much. I don't think I told her I was doing a podcast. I don't know if she knows I'm I'm the one being interviewed or not. She probably doesn't know that. <laughs> but well, uh, well, we'll, uh, uh, we'll let you go, Ken. Yeah. Spend some time with your family. I know. I think you you said you're leaving out this week. Later this week. Yes, sir. So, Thursday, I leave out. So, uh, well, we'll let you get back to your family, spend some time mm-hmm. with them, and uh, Tyler, sure appreciate yes, you coming sir, on. It is an and, honor. and anything you need from us, this direction, you just give us a holler, yes, sir. Hey, same thing with me, man. Thank y'all so much. Right. Y'all be good, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you, Tyler. Bye, sir. Okay. Man, that was a great interview with Mr. Tyler Duncan of Coon Hunting University podcast. Yeah, it was real great. Um, lots of knowledge that, that man spewed yeah. out with us and the, and the guys that he got to talk to while doing that podcast was amazing um yeah. legends of the sport for sure um if you've never heard it go check it out on most any platform it's coon hunting university podcast it's it's great um not Probably. doing them anymore so 
Yeah. I know he was when I first started listening to podcasts, his was the very first one I ever listened to. Yeah, he was he was one of the first ones that was that was purely coon hunting and yeah, and, and that's what got me hooked to him and yeah, and I sure miss his podcast, but he was a great guest to have on. Yes, he was. Uh, really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, and uh, and just hearing him talk about the guys he got to interview was great. And we talked a little podcasting while I was there too, which was pretty good. Um, so y'all just stay tuned. We got some more interviews lined up. Come at oh, you. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, man, it's hot outside. Hydrate your dogs. Make sure they got plenty of water, shade. Um. If you can put a fan on them, uh, mine aren't that spoiled just yet, but they probably need to be, but they're okay. Um, need to mention the Shriners benefit hunt again, yes. uh, Zach Gravetti with the, uh, stud dog auction there. Y'all go check him out on the Facebook page. Um, if you like what you hear here, go to Apple, you can leave us a rating and review there. Spotify, you can leave us a, just a rating, I guess, but that helps us reach more people. Um, Jeff, what do you think, bud? You, you going to try to hunt some this week? Yeah, I'm going to try to hunt some. See what we can't, man, old crank can't do. Yeah, don't overdo it, though. Like you said earlier, yeah. his eyes matted up. He don't need to be hunting just a whole lot anyway, so. I, I got him on some Benadryl right now, hoping that might help clear it up some. That'd be all right. I hope so. Um, I'm going to try to hunt quite a bit this week. Uh, you know, Tyler's fixing to go back to school. So he, yep. he needs to, he needs to be in the wood as much as possible. So that's what we're going to do this week. Um, Jeff, you ain't got nothing else, man. It's hot. Nope. We ain't going to do a whole nope. lot. It's a uh, I think we're going to get on out of here. Yep. Um, like always, y'all take a kid hunting. Y'all take somebody new hunting, take an old man that ain't been in years. Uh, Jeff, you ain't got nothing else. I ain't got nothing else. We're going hunting, y'all. See y'all.